Hey guys, this is another episode of 81 Points. Um, it's been a pretty interesting slate of games for the Lakers recently. Uh, we sit down and talk a little bit about what we've seen recently with uh, these past three games that the Lakers have played. Um, we get into a little talk about Lakers fans. Uh, they're somewhat interesting. I'll just say interesting <laughs> takes um, much that the, they have the on the typical team. LA fan. Really. Yes, the LA fan. Yeah. Um, infuse a little Dodgers in there too, yeah. since you're such a big Dodgers fan. Yeah. But we talk about the fan base and what we've been hearing people say about the team, and you know, basically the ridiculous takes that we've seen on social media about these Lakers. Um, and that leads us into uh, quite a discussion on the young players, uh, which seems to be a very hot button topic as always with this team and uh you know who we like the most who we think has the best fit for lebron um who we think should be kept who we think might be traded we get into all the talk about the young players on this lakers team and what we think their future is going to be um and then we ended on a note about the la rams and their uh Recent victory in the NFC Championship game. Nothing and, but good vibes. Super Bowl. You know, now we have to root for them to beat the New England Patriots. So with that said. Gotta beat Boston. Gotta beat Boston. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this latest episode of 81 Points. Welcome to 81 Points, where we talk about all things Lakers, hosted by two guys named Chris. All right, we're back. Another episode of 81 Points. It is Monday night. We're recording this during the Lakers-Warriors game. Uh, The score is currently... 31 to 26 Golden State. The Lakers, do you know what the point spread well, was? Well, first of all, happy MLK Day to you. I, yeah, I guess we should start off with, <laughs> yes, happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. A um, very important day in American history. Especially for the NBA as well. Yeah, a great so. showcase night for the NBA. All right, right. Um, but back to what I was saying. Um, did you know what the point spread was for today's game? Uh, what well, well, what would be your guess for the Lakers um, Warriors game. Warriors? Oh man, without uh, Ingram and LeBron, and with Demarcus Cousins back, um, I would say uh, Warriors plus nine. You mean Warriors minus nine? Or I'm sorry, yeah, Warriors minus nine. It's been a while since I placed bets. Yeah, so yeah, Warriors the minus the nine. spread. I checked about like 30 minutes before tip off. The spread was uh, Lakers plus 14 and a half. Wow. So that's significant. That, yeah. Uh, at home and you're a 14 and a half point underdog. That pretty much means that the odds makers think that you're going to get your ass kicked. Yeah. Basically. I mean, they're in, they're in the process of getting their ass kicked though. So right now it's 36, 28. I mean, this is a Lakers team. Sans LeBron, Sans Lonzo, and without Rondo, 
basically your three primary ball handlers <laughs> going up against the Golden State Warriors. So, I mean, there's really not much you can expect uh, out of this game. But, right I mean, I got to say, plus 14? The disrespect to Svee and Beasley, man. So, are, would you take that bet? <laughs> uh, yeah, I would. I think because the Lakers always play. And where is it being played at? It's here in Staples Oh, Center. yeah, I would have taken that bet. Yeah. For uh, sure. I mean, especially uh, given, you know, what we've seen in the last two games. So, so the last time we recorded, uh, they were about to embark upon this three-game <clears throat> this three-game slate that included at Oklahoma City, at Houston, and now at home against the Warriors. And I got to say, you know, barring uh, regardless of what happens in this game tonight, you, it, mean, was, you can't, it was you can't a pin, positive, a lot of positives uh, to take out of what yeah, we saw. I'm expecting a loss tonight, but you can't really pin uh, the loss on the Lakers tonight just because, yeah, like you said, we're very extremely short-staffed. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I would have loved to have won that game against yeah, the Rockets. So let me ask you a question. So what was more um, – was – Thursday's win against the Thunder more thrilling to you? Or was uh, Saturday's loss to Houston more agonizing? Oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting question. Um, I think I think the loss was more agonizing. Yeah? Yeah. Just because, I mean, I hate the Rockets. I hate the way James Harden plays. You already know how I feel about James Harden. Yeah, yeah. I, and... You know, um, if you listen to our podcast, it may seem like I'm a I'm a hardened fan. I'm, I'm I'm really not. So I I, I don't like the way he plays. Um, I hate the way he gets seemingly every single call. And you know, it's not a controversial. You basically take. can't touch him at all, or or else you're gonna get a foul called on you. Yeah, yeah. It's it's ridiculous, and it it's frustrating. I think for many fans because it'd be one thing if. If it was like that across the board, you know, like, yeah, the NBA's gotten kind of uh, silly with um, the extreme um, protection of the offensive side. But with James Harden, it seems it's it, another level. For yeah, him, yeah, it appears like it's just on another level. And there's just something about it where you, it doesn't sit well for you if you're a fan of, of, of the opposing team where, you know, you, you feel like you feel kind of helpless watching it unfold, you know, so. Yeah, the 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 foul call is one thing, and also, like you know, back in the day, people used to always make a big deal about how LeBron travels all the time. But I yeah. feel like James Harden is taking that to another level too with his, you know, yeah, it's it's double step back, borderline, stuff like that. yeah, it's borderline. I it's it's fascinating to me actually. I think James Harden, it really is because. I don't know what it is, but his whole play, like his whole demeanor, his whole thing is very like, it's him just getting away with, away with shit. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's, 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 it's very interesting. Like, even the way, the fact that he gets, he seemingly gets more calls than other players. That's weird. I mean, that's not weird, but you pair that with the fact that he also seemingly gets away with traveling on a nightly basis it's just weird you know what i mean that he's getting away with with things like on multiple angles 
on his game. That's that's odd. Yeah, you know, you know when uh, back in the day when Kobe, he was really like the first guy to like um, catch a defender's arms like reaching in, and then he'll just swing <clears> up <throat> for a shot and go to the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's like basically every time James Harden touches the ball, like he does something like that. Yeah, no, he he does. He does the whole. I mean, he's got the whole playbook of you know you know the reggie miller shit too the oh i mean yeah he kicks out his legs like <laughs> yeah <laughs> almost every time yeah and it's it's i don't know i don't know how to because you can't really fault the guy like he's doing it because he can it, he can yeah yeah you know if if referees stop doing that shit and if referees started calling traveling for on him then he wouldn't be doing this stuff so to me, I don't know. It's really bizarre. I think it's the beard. I honestly think if he shaves the beard, that shit, the, the magic is gone, man. <laughs> that magic is gone. There's no one else in the league that has a beard like James Harden. And somehow he... You mean the magic of uh, being amazing in the regular season and then when oh, it matters the most? Just, Shots just, fired, know, goes man. on vacation. That magic. Shots fired, bro. As long as he doesn't win a championship, then whatever, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm okay I can with it. I can tolerate it. I mean, I'm okay with him winning a championship as long as it's at the expense of the Warriors not winning. I'm just you know? I, until I, he needs to show me that he'll that he can come through. Yeah. Uh, up and, but until then, you know, I'm I'm gonna continue to say that he's not. He hasn't come through. Yeah. You know. Um, but you know what? It's. Uh, it's kind of disheartening. It's a little disappointing because um, there's a part of me that's kind of bummed out because, you know, he he's he's essentially kind of like wiping Kobe out with his play. I'm not saying he's done it, but I'm saying he's like he's in the process of like supplanting Kobe. I'm talking about the offense on the offensive end. Does that make sense? Because you don't look what he's averaging right now. What what so what are his averages right now? Um he's at 35 now. Okay. That's that's where that's where Kobe was at at his at his height and he's um you know, he passed him up on that consecutive 30 point streak. Um he almost got him on the 40. Yeah, but not but had but hey, didn't pass him. But I think it's very possible he'll do it. He could do it, you know, and um he's certainly not done. You know, he's at the height of his power right now. Um, How old is James Harden? He's got to be almost. He's got to be pushing thirty, I would say. Yeah. So, but you know, even if he's pushing thirty, he's got at least like three three years left of this ridiculousness. You know. So, um, yeah, it's a little unfortunate because you know Kobe. You know, for all that you people could say about him, he was the ultimate offensive player. You know, and he had these. Not just ultimate offensive player, but he was the ultimate like individual offensive weapon, and he just would do shit that like would only harken back to like the Wilt Chamberlain days, and you know even some of the the Michael Jordan stuff, you know. Yeah. But now James Harden is like like passing it, passing Kobe by on those things. Well, like all all the shit talking aside, um, yeah, we without question you have to give him credit for his skill set and like you know the talent. <laughs> That he has, but I am a proponent of the numbers that he's getting is like a little bit overblown because of Mike D'Antoni. I, I feel like oh, that has a sure. huge influence on like because you know when we look back at his career, like the stat the numbers going to be very very favorable, very favorable to him. Yeah, 
And a lot of that yeah. is going to have to do with the system that he was yeah. a part of. But but here's the, that's the thing though is that like people aren't going to they're they're not going to they're not saying it now and they're not going to say it then. They you should I mean? they should <laughs> be saying it now. I know. <laughs> I know I know what you're saying. So I'm just saying it's it's disheartening because like you said I agree with you. I agree with all those things, but that's just not going to be what the narrative is. And I'm you know I'm I'm not trying to say that you know because Kobe obviously he's still got the five rings. You know, James Harden's got none. Yes. And Harden's still got to do that, you know, do a lot of that stuff in the playoffs. But, you know, it's it's creeping in, folks. I'm just saying it, it's starting to happen. You know what I mean? And it's, um, I don't know, it, it's a part of me that's just, it's not sitting right with me because, I mean, this is the fucking 81 points podcast. It, you know if I mean? he ends up, the one thing that is going <clears> to <throat> knock him down big time is if he never wins that chip. Which is, possible. is very possible. Yeah, it's possible. So if he goes, uh, if he ends up ringless, then he's just gonna join that Charles Barkley, Carmel. I mean, which is like still all time great, and nothing, yeah, nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, Charles but, Barkley for sure. I don't know about Carmelo, but yeah. No, I mean, I say Carmelo. Like Charles oh, Barkley, Carmelo, yeah, Reggie yeah, yeah. Miller. He's gonna, he's gonna like end up in that group for sure. Um, as opposed to like for sure. the LeBrons and the Kobe's and the Tim Duncan's. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what his career ends up being. But uh, back back to back to what you said. So you think the loss Saturday was worse than how good the win was on Thursday? Yeah. Uh, it it uh, and yeah. And I think I don't know if that says more of just my your pessimism. Pers- yeah, yeah, yeah. My personality or or whatever. But um, yeah. I think. But you know, a big part of it is because I I just I wanted to beat the Rockets. So so I think. Uh, you know, and we, we've said this before, but I, I always try to, like, kind of gauge the fan base and see where everybody's at. Yeah. Uh, I feel like most Lakers fans out there are kind of on your boat where they're more bummed out about Saturday than they are thrilled about uh, from Thursday. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a great... Part of that has to do with, like, Saturday still- happening later and all that. Um, right. But it has led to, like me seeing some very outlandish takes from lakers fans out there in social media you know uh, you could do a whole podcast on laker takes laker fan like i kind of wanted to go through some of them right now actually so before i do that um i wanted to ask you a question because you're 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 a big dodgers fan yeah uh i would i would probably say that you're equally as big of a dodgers fan as you are a lakers yeah, fan. i think that's a fair assessment yeah um you know, uh, Clayton Kershaw's the Kobe Bryant of of the Dodgers in your in your eyes, right? Um, I mean, minus, minus the yeah. championship, yeah, the playoff yeah. success. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as a Dodger fan, how do you feel about the Dodger fan base? The Dodger fan overall, base, I, I think uh, the Dodger fan base is very similar to the Lakers fan base, actually. So very that myopic, means, very uh, short sighted, just kind of like. A lot of dumb, a lot of a lot of dumb shit being said. By yeah, a Dodgers lot of dumb fan. takes. Um, you know, there's a sense of entitlement. I think a lot of the times, you know, even with Dodgers fans. Yeah, I think even so. though it's like they have they haven't won in 31 yeah, years. Absolutely. I mean, I think it just comes with the territory with um, being a a fan in a in a huge market. Okay, <laughs> so I, I'm so that kind of alludes to what I what what i um, am theorizing about just sports in general is that 
whenever you're like a hardcore fan of a team, there's always like a certain level of hatred towards like the fan base of that team. I don't know of any like, I don't know of any um, fan base where it's just like 100% united. Like, yeah, I'm a UCLA, I'm a UCLA sports fan. And it's like, sometimes I, we, we're known to like hate on each other all the time. Really? Um, I didn't know that. You know, like you said about the Dodgers, you see a lot of like stupid takes yeah. from the Dodgers, and especially here and now with Lakers, like, yeah, there's so many things being said out there where I'm just like, I just don't understand. Yeah, like, I mean, it, I think it's it's like the Dallas Cowboys comes to mind. Yeah, I think a lot of Cowboy fans are like that too. You know? Yeah. Um, Yankees fan, of course. I mean, come on, Boston fans, that's for sure too. Right. Right. So I I, um, I was doing some searching on social media, kind of after this was after <coughs> this was after um, Saturday's Saturday's game, and just you know um, kind of reading what what people are saying out there. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, I wrote down I I saved um, three general really themes. Good. Okay. okay. Um, the first one being just a general um, hatred for Brandon Ingram. <laughs> um, do you know of a lot? Because I, I, I personally know like a few people that hate Brandon Ingram and they're Laker fans. What? Really? Yeah. Do I know them? I must know them. Um, I don't think you know them. Oh, okay. All right. But... Uh, I don't. I see. I don't understand what's with like the hatred for the guy, for the kid. He's he's so young still, and he's. I don't know. It's one people don't care about that, or they they don't consider that, which I think is you know that's crazy because he's two years younger than Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, yeah. Um, two years is Kyle Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma. By the way, everyone loves Kyle Kuzma. I think that's like you know he's yeah. he's he's, he's a child. He's, he's a safe. golden child. Uh, but Brandon Ingram, I feel like it stems mostly from just expectation. Mm-hmm. Like we we've we've said it before, <clears throat> the unfulfilled potential. Yeah. Uh, for Brandon Ingram, um, but there's you know a lot of people that are out there hating on him. Uh, I know Richard Sherman, who's a big uh, Lakers fan, hates Brandon Ingram on the Lakers. Um, really so uh he, he would have struck me as a as a as a bit of an intelligent fan because he's a pretty smart guy but that's okay yeah so i mean i i feel like you know not every laker fan is like a dummy yeah out there yeah yeah so i'm trying to wonder like i, I that's why i'm thinking the reason why he's taking so much heat is because of just people's expectations of who they thought he was going to become i mean going into this season we were like hoping that he would basically put up numbers similar to what kyle kuzma is putting up right now yeah i i expected ingram to be a 20 point scorer we we thought he was going to be or we thought that he should have been like the second option on this team right but he's not clearly yeah um so there's so that's one that's one general take that i'm seeing um the second one is and 
I think you're going to get a kick out of this one is that um, a lot of people think that Lonzo, who recently just um, had a pretty serious ankle sprain, uh, they think that Lonzo is the second best player on the Lakers. <laughs> that Would you is, care to respond to that? I, I I don't even know where to begin on that. It's just so... There's just such stupidity behind that. And I... It's... I, it's one thing to think that uh, Lonzo has a potential to be the second best player on this team. I, I see that. I understand that. He's we we've talked about it ad nauseum on this podcast that he's supremely gifted. He's got all the like physical gifts um, and like abilities, um, but the dude has so many glaring warts to his game. You know. Um, I don't know how someone could be the second best player on the team when he shoots so poorly, like not just poorly on a historical level. I I don't know how to put it more simply for anyone that's listening that, that doesn't understand this, but when we talk about historically, we're talking about like ever and ever in the NBA, there's never been a player like Lonzo, a point guard who has shot, like as badly as Lonzo Ball, I, I I mean, and you're talking specifically about the free throw shooting, right? Free throw shooting, yeah, yeah, low forties, um, <clears throat> yeah, and you know free throw shooting. But even before, I mean, he he so he shot a little better. Uh, he's he's shooting a little better this year, you know, from the field and from three. But even overall as a package, his shooting has been historically bad last year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like yeah. as a, as a, as like a package deal. If you take out his like composite like shooting percentages, you know uh-huh. what I mean. So it's not like this whole. Well, he just needs to fix his free throwing, which, by the way, is is a huge deal. You can't just say he just needs to fix his free throwing, you know, because all this shit is 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 intertwined. You know, all this stuff is like, like if you can't make a high percentage of points being uncontested having time to just take your like breathe take a bounce and like go through your form uncontested and and shoot at a 40 percent clip you have major problems you know yeah i was i was trying to look up um if there were any like examples in nba history of like people like uh, improving on their free throw shooting, and there's a couple of cases like you know Karl Malone and like yeah, um, you can even say like DeAndre Jordan this year, uh, Blake Griffin. There's a couple of players out there that have worked themselves into becoming um, okay free throw shooters, but they had never their lowest was never this low, right? Which is like if if and I texted this to you the other day, like if Lonzo somehow fixes his free throw shooting it'll be like a first in NBA history from yeah. the from where he started at you know so that's i mean that should ring that should ring off alarm bells in exactly. like everybody's mind exactly it's like i mean do people not realize how hard it is to like improve on the nba level you know by the yeah. time you're in the nba like it's so difficult that's why i I think it's extremely impressive whenever I see players improve, and it's it's happening actually, and at a higher clip in in this day and age of of the NBA, which you know it's cool, it's great because 
you know, we're seeing players develop. Um, but it's still so difficult, you know, to see guys improve on their skill set once they hit the NBA because NBA is so fast paced. Like it's a it's a big man's league. You know what I mean? Like you just you can't fuck around anymore. Now you have to like show what you're about. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I don't know. It's it's mind-boggling to me that people that Laker fans and it's it's a perfect it perfectly encapsulates the typical Laker fan and I I mean I may be alienating <laughs> some, you know uh, you know some listeners because if you are the typical Laker fan but I mean I don't know. I think it's good. You just I don't know, you need to educate yourself then, you know, because like you know, it perfectly encapsulates the typical Laker fan when you have these like blinders on for Alonzo Ball. He is such a flawed prospect. Like, I have major concerns that this guy will never live up to his potential because his problems are historic. His problems are not only hyster- historic, but like, it's, it is like, it's really dysfunctional. Like, it's not just like numbers on a piece of paper, like you find on like basketball reference. It's the eye test. You know what I mean? Like that form is yeah. so broken. I think there's a bit of like confirmation <clears throat> bias going on with Lonzo too. It's like there are clearly like people that in his can in his corner that are like just desperately rooting for him to do well. And uh, I mean, wh- whether whether you are a Lonzo lover or a Lonzo hater. Um, up until he got hurt, these past three games that he played were were good games. Good you know? games, yeah. He's and, putting up good numbers. Yeah, and you've made po- you've pointed out to me. You're like, hey man, he's been actually doing really well, showing and, more aggressiveness yeah, on offense, more, right. um, looking a lot more decisive on like yeah. <clears throat> on that end of the court, which has always been the problem. I mean, this defense has never been an issue. Yeah, but uh, you know, for me, my response always to you is, well, like. He he has to prove it with his free throwing, you know what I mean. That's, so that, that to me, like yeah. I just can't take any improvement that I see seriously until he starts shooting. I don't know, sixty percent from the free throw, or even fifty five. I mean, is that too much to ask? Like to shoot Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal levels from the free throw line? I what don't know. what if he upped it to like fifty percent? <laughs> I mean, that's still so problematic, but now we're getting to a realm of like, okay, it's not so historic, this plant, this, or this, uh, this, ish, this, this, like, flaw, you know? Yeah. Um, well, let, let's say, he, let's, what about the scenario where he, <clears throat> his free throw shooting is around 50%, but then he increases his other percentages to, like, respectable levels? Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I think uh, I think that's doable. If he if he um, boosts his effective field goal percentage above, like I don't know, like a, a, to a decent level, you know. Yeah, I I feel like well then, you know, I mean, I'm on I'm on the Lakers side. I'm on Lonzo's side. I want him to figure it out. It's just it's like give me something that I can like hang my hat on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, if you can give me like fifty percent. From the free throw and then like acceptable rates in the other percent. I don't know what that would be. Maybe like 40 some percent and then 30 some percent from three. Then then, yeah, I'll be like, OK, at least it's not looking so dire, maybe. But it's still not a good. You're still not feeling good about it. 
You know what I mean? Right. I feel like you shouldn't feel good about it still, but at least it's not to the point where we're thinking, wow, if I type in his numbers on basketball reference and you like, you know, put in all the parameters, there's no other player that, that comes up except for Alonzo Ball. Yeah. Yeah. Like now we're getting maybe to Mark where... Holfoltz. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would love to see that, but I just can't get excited until I see some kind of improvement in 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 that area. Okay, the the league average, <clears throat> the league average for a player's effective field goal percentage is like fifty one point six percent. Lonzo is at forty eight point eight percent. So what if what if he boosts his effective field goal percentage above league average, but yet maintains a shitty free throw shooting percentage yeah see then my would you be more encouraged would you or would you still be like nah? <clears throat> no i i can't i gotta see that to me i have to see that free throw percentage go up or else i i it's just that's essentially like the only thing you're looking at yeah right now. that's the only thing and here's the thing too let's say he shoots uh 40 percent from the field and 33 percent from the three not great Right, he's he's that's what he's shooting right now, actually. Okay, yeah. Um, I'll even let's see. Okay, let's say he shoots, yeah, forty percent, which is not good, and let's say he even shoots thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty-one percent from three. Those are those are not good, right? Right. But if he upped his free throwing to like sixty, I I would be like, you know what? There are there are positive signs because I think free throwing is a bigger indication of progress than anything else. Everything else is smoke and mirrors unless the, un, until the free throwing like shows what the real progress is, you know? It's That's just my opinion. Because I feel like free throw shooting for the most part is like a mostly mental <clears throat> thing, right? For players that struggle at the line. Uh, I mean, obviously yeah, there's like, I mean, there are mechanical issues yeah. too with him, but um, yeah. free throw shooting, the fact that you're just doing something that you've done your entire, nobody's guarding you. Yeah. Uh, I feel like a lot of it is mental. Yeah. So I think I think it, there's some kind of hurdle that he just needs to uh, cross from a mental perspective mm-hmm. for him to up his free throw shooting. Yeah, and, and that's essentially to, what all you're looking for. Yeah, for sure. And if he can get um, get past that mental hurdle, then then yeah, I'm I'm feeling much better about his prospects. But I just can't get over. I just can't. I can't get past that. I can't get past the fact that he's shooting so poorly. So the last throw. like three games really just did not nothing. No. Just did nothing for you. No, because all. I mean, I think you also you also noted to me that he was three for his last thirteen from free throw. Yeah, so in the last ten games, Lonzo Ball <laughs> is three for thirteen from the line. Well just percentage aside, the fact that your starting point guard is has only shot 13 free throws in the last 10 games i think that is also problematic yeah so i think you know his lack of confidence at the free throw line is also hampering his aggressiveness too oh yeah like he's he's way less willing to like um drive it in and try to finish at the rim because of his free throw shooting i feel like yeah um so you know but yeah there, there are people very securely in lonzo's corner but right I mean, for for anyone listening though, three for thirteen. I mean, just think about that. But they're gonna point to everything else he does, which is like you know he's a good rebounder for a point guard. I mean his 
his vision, court vision, is can't be, uh, you know, can't be undersold. His defense is almost elite, if not elite. Yeah, uh, he pretty much, you know, the you weren't so you were not impressed by how he uh, bounced back from uh, fouling Russell Westbrook at the end of regulation during that Thunder game. I mean, in overtime, uh, he came back and he bounced back and played really well. Yeah, I think there was part of me that's frustrated because I was like, well, I almost feel like this dude can just kind of like turn it on then, you know? Because he just seems so lackadaisical, you know? Yeah. But, no, yeah, I mean, that was good. I I, I was very encouraged by that, and I, I like that, but I just can't. Yeah, bottom line is that he has to shoot better. So anything he shows where... I, I'm grateful for, for him contributing to a Laker win. It's all short-term. It's all short-term with me, with Lonzo. It's only long-term until he shoots better. See, I, I feel like um, <clears throat> I feel like your, your viewpoint would get roasted on Twitter if you were to share these thoughts. That's with so crazy, The general though. fan base. It's just people are know. really defensive about Lonzo. Yeah, it's if so you've crazy. Notice that. And Lonzo is such a, you know, Kyle. It's it's funny. Their their ages are actually very very perfect parallel. I and mean, we've made this parallel of like kids. Um, Kyle Kuzma is the oldest. He's a golden child. Everybody loves Kyle Kuzma. Can't he can do no right, wrong. Right. Right. Us, us included. We love Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. yeah. But Lonzo is also. He's the youngest. Everybody loves the youngest. They 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 over, they overlook so many flaws of the youngest of the youngest kid. That's Lonzo, man. He's the baby. He just they he's he's endearing. <laughs> His flaws are endearing. Well, I mean, he does show like flashes of brilliance, though. Well, so does right? Ingram, though. I've seen Ingram guard positions one through five like crazy, and I've seen him like make passes from like. A, a guy his size that I don't know, like two other players that can that can do. You know, like Brandon Ingram is also equally like tantalizing as a prospect, but he's the middle child. He is so he takes the shit from he, everybody. He takes the shit, dude, and it's unfortunate because I will still take Ingram, no doubt, over those two other guys because Ingram is just a guy who really, yeah, he's okay, just well, a guy. I, where, I mean. Okay. <clears throat> and if you want to vouch for the other players, especially Kyle Kuzma, all right. I mean, that's, I think that's fair enough. But Brandon Ingram is like, he's, his skill set is, his, his improvements are all about him like working on it and like growing into his, like his physicality and like just gaining experience. Like, Lonzo Ball is like, holy shit, he's got mental hurdles to get overcome. I don't even know if his form is like, is even like, is it sustainable in this league? Like, he's got all kinds of like real, real legitimate issues that I don't know if he'll ever figure it out. Brandon Ingram is much more like, okay, yeah, he, he can, I see it. Give him a couple years and he, he'll, he'll grow into his own, you know? So this, so this kind of leads into, the last take that I wanted to share with you, which is all of these guys, all of these young players, we shouldn't trade any of them. They're all untradeable assets. Yeah, that is a very, very Laker fan take, too. Yeah. We got, we got to keep them all. 
develop them and you just know, go with that. That's funny though, because that that's a very that's a very Dodger fan take too. Um, Dodger fans love this idea of keeping all our best prospects, but also trading for the other team star players, <laughs> like only trading like the our bottom of the barrel, like you know B, C, D level prospects for these superstar players. So, so basically, Lakers fans <laughs> want to trade Michael Beasley and. Yeah. KCP yeah. for Anthony Davis, basically. Um, yeah. Why Which, can't why it, Rob Plinko? Why can't you swing a deal <laughs> that sends KCP and Beasley to New Orleans yeah. for Anthony Davis? It's really, actually really. I mean, it's kind of funny actually. They, it's it's probably the same as Dodger fans because they're probably the same exact fans. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I don't think entitled any, entitled like yeah, we yeah. give you nothing and you give us yeah. everything. Yeah, that is. I mean, that's that, not how the world works. No, people. It, it's not. Um, but that's that's crazy. I, I, you know, and I fall. It's a good parallel because I fall for this a lot with Dodger players because, like, you know, there, there's a history with Dodgers and growing up as a Dodger fan, like the homegrown talent, uh, you know, helping the Dodgers win. Mike Piazza. Yeah, Mike Piazza. Ramondesi. Yeah, even Eric Harris. Exactly, six straight rookies of the year. Um, yeah. but. And so, like, you know, that's the same thing with the Lakers. I think, like, I understand that sentiment because we drafted these kids and, you know, especially, like, a kid like Kyle Kuzma, like, we kind of pulled him out of thin air. But, but man, like, you will forget all that when, like, Le- like Anthony Davis is running the floor and LeBron's, like, throwing an alley-oop to him or, like, kicking out to Kevin Durant. Like at the- yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like growing up, it, they be, like Lakers. Lakers fans basically want to marry their high school sweetheart. You know, yeah, the girl next door that they grew up having a crush on and dating when they were younger. Or yeah, that's a very really good point. But also, also, or you know, it's like being in a relationship and it not being ideal, knowing that not knowing, but you could definitely do better. But you're like. Nah, I, I no, this is good. You know what I mean? Like, because you just you just you're latching on to like what you're like you're you have this fantasy of what you think is gonna be how amazing this relationship is. You know? Yeah, I think that's what Lakers are too. Like they 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 have these these illusions of grandeur with a lot of these kids and all these prospects. And um, yeah, I think that like if you have a chance to get Anthony Davis or Actually, well, we can just sign Kevin Durant, but yeah, if you have a chance to get Anthony Davis, you got to do it. Yeah, I I want to touch on what you what you said um, just a little while ago. You, so you think uh, you think out of our our core young prospects, uh, Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, <coughs> and Kyle Kuzma, you you would say that um, you would keep uh, Ingram over both of them? Yeah, I would. Okay, so but you know, and I will say I will I won't be like like I won't be shedding tears if if we kept, for example, Kyle Kuzma over Brandon Ingram. I will be pissed though if we kept like Lonzo Ball over over Ingram. You know what I mean? Okay, but in a in a vacuum though, uh, you would you would keep you would prioritize Ingram. You're pretty set on that on keeping him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so. You know, this is a this is something that like we think about all the time. It's like you know, 
who's gonna who's gonna stay, who's gonna go. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I like you. I I'm of the opinion. Yeah, if it's for Anthony Davis, then whatever. Like, well, I'm okay with dealing any of these guys. Yeah. Um. But aside aside from that, I I think one thing that is very underrated and and a lot of people overlook is like how players fit with each other. So when when the Lakers signed <laughs> LeBron, they pretty much made their bed with LeBron. Like everything, yeah, every hitched, move going forward is got to be centered around him. Yeah, they hitched their wagon with LeBron. Yeah. So for for better or worse, better or worse we're going to we're going to go down in flames with LeBron right. as the best player. So what I'm trying to evaluate is like who is the best fit with LeBron, who can play with him, who's not who's who can be their best selves as basketball <laughs> players with LeBron as as the go-to guy on this team. And I'm not so sure that between, you know, between Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, even Lonzo I'm still trying to figure out who is the best fit, who fits well with LeBron, because I think fit is such an important thing when it comes to sports. Uh, some guys, in certain situations, they just are they just do not do well, and in a totally different environment, they do very well. <clears throat> I mean, take a look at Lance Stevenson, for example. This guy couldn't even... He was on his way out of the NBA... On every other team except for the Indiana Pacers for some reason. Like, I don't know what it is about that franchise, that group of players. But for some reason, you were able to see, like, what he can do mm-hmm. when he was on the Pacers. But everywhere else he was on, it was, like, journeyman NBA player. Like, uh, half, like you know, halfway out the league. Yeah. Um, so, with these young guys, and I think this is the main dilemma that the front front office is dealing with right now is like who is going to be the best fit with lebron james i still don't know at this point like who yeah. between those three core guys like who who can play yeah. the best with him and i think actually that's a good point and i i if i had to gun to my gun to the head like i if i had to choose one of the three i would i would say kyle kuzma's about right i mean fit. so far given like you know half of half a season <clears throat> with lebron james it seems like Kyle Kuzma is doing the best yeah. with yeah. LeBron. I would have to agree with that. Uh, so that you know, this this doesn't. We don't have much time. There's not too much time left for uh, the front office to make a decision. Um, yeah, because uh, these moves will be happening very soon. After, I mean, there's only what 37 games left in the season, and then once the off season hits, that's that's the off season where we're got to make moves. Cause it's basically this upcoming summer. Is where we're gonna know what we have, right? Uh, so then, yeah, gonna, that leads us yeah. the rest of this season only to like figure out like, okay, what what is our best? Who is yeah. our best piece? And it's LeBron. so unfortunate because Lonzo is gonna miss a significant portion of that remainder of the season. Yeah, so they said he's out four to six weeks, that, which is a long ass time. Which I think will take him into March, basically. And I and I would not be surprised if he takes longer. Yeah, so another thing about Lonzo, and you can also say this about Brandon Ingram, is how, how injuries have taken them out so far in their careers. Yeah. Like, the label of being an injury-prone player is something that 
might be attached to these two guys. Yeah. Um, that's a, also something to consider. I will uh, say this, though, too. Lakers, for some reason, <clears throat> I've talked about this before. I don't know what it is. It's their, like, uh, conditioning or, or team doctor or whatever. They got a lot of fucking injuries. They get a lot of injuries. Especially players who have historically, like, are pretty healthy. They'll come to the Lakers and they'll get injured. I mean, the Le- LeBron one is like a little bit understandable because he's in his 16th season, you know? It, it's just like that's the risk that you're taking <clears throat> signing a guy 16 years in the league, you know? Yeah, um, but it's, it's, uh, it's a pattern. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, Steve Nash, another I guy. I mean, another, another dinosaur, you know, <laughs> another that, guy. That, that we signed. Yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, even then, though, these guys were old, but they were still just, they just never got injured. And they come to the Lakers, and they get injured. And then, like, we got our own team where a lot of these guys are getting injured. So, yeah, I don't know if they're, it's direct. Uh, so you think there's something to that? I think so, yeah. Okay. It's been a, that's been a personal conspiracy theory of mine for years, ever since Steve Nash came on this team. Because... Yeah. <clears throat> so you think like the late, uh, the late career of Gary Vitti, he was just kind of coasting. Well, I I think that was part of the reason too why um, he got. I mean, I know he didn't get fired. You think he was forced into retirement? I'm just saying, man. Like, I don't know why Gary Vitti would want to leave that that job. I don't know why I would want to leave that. I mean, I mean he was. How many years was he doing it? He was doing it a real long time. I don't know. I mean, I can look up his. Um, <coughs> we're going in. We're going in deep to Laker uh, conspiracies out, right now. Look up uh, Gary Vitti has made an appearance on our podcast. Yeah, he retired after 32 years as the head athletic trainer. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm just saying there's a pattern, and if Lon- if uh, LeBron is injured next year too. I'd have, I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so Look back at to... all these guys. Julius, or Julius Randle also got injured. Uh, D'Angelo got injured, too. Um, Ingram, um, Lonzo Ball, like, all players, like, have gotten injured on our time. A lot. Right, right. Um, Julius Randle, like, it's, I guess it remains to be seen, but he hasn't gotten injured in New Orleans. D'Angelo uh-huh. hasn't gotten injured in, uh, actually, he he's kind of spotty in Brooklyn, but um, he's certainly healthy this year. Um, LeBron, Steve Nash, um, I think even Dwight Howard. I mean, I'm just saying. So, <laughs> I'm just saying, man. All right. Well, I mean, it's out there. Yeah. It's a possibility. I'm putting it out there. Okay. okay. I'm going I'm to I'm die on this hill. Uh, so... Yeah, um, back to who fits the best with LeBron. Um, it's almost like a catch twenty-two. It's like let's say Kaku. <laughs> let's say Kakuzma, right? It's it's a very popular opinion that he is the best fit with LeBron out of those three guys. Yeah, I would um, agree with that. But that would all that also kind of makes him the most valuable trade asset too. Yeah, or maybe the most highly sought after prospect yeah, yeah. from other teams. Because statistically, so, he's also 
Yeah, he's doing very well. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, for as much as we praise uh, De'Aaron Fox for his <laughs> sophomore year, I mean, you got to give it up for what Kyle Kuzma is doing too, um, almost yeah. equally. I mean, he's. <clears throat> I, I came into this year saying like, if he just repeats what he did in his rookie year, then I'll, I'll be happy with that. Right. But he's he's improved, you know. Yeah. Um, he has. He's he's done very well. So, you know, as much of a, like, bummer it would be to, like, see Kyle Kuzma no longer a Laker. Yeah, if it means, like, getting a superstar player in return, then I don't know how you say no to that. Yeah. I don't know how you're against that as a Laker fan. Yeah. I mean, again, though, like, this guy doesn't really contribute much other than scoring, you know? So, I mean, I, I wouldn't put it in those negative terms like that, but <laughs> I mean, he's a six nine forward, right? And he averages six boards a game. Are you cool with that? I'm okay with that. Really? With, with you two, know, two. LeBron's the LeBron's getting all the rebounds. Um, he he's shown to be a better. He's shown to improve his passing. Yeah, he's, he, and his defense has been better. Yeah, I think his defense is coming along, but it's still not at a point where I'm like comfortable in saying that. When his shot's not falling, he can contribute in a multitude that's, of ways. He's, he's I mean. definitely a volume shooter. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, one of the few guys <laughs> on the team that has a passable free throw percentage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's improved in that. Yeah, but I he, will give him this. His, his work ethic, I, I, I'm, I'm very happy. I feel like uh, his work ethic is definitely good. Okay. So let's, let's just um, play prognosticator right now. So let's say let's say Kuzma comes back for a third year with the Lakers. Okay. They don't trade him, and he stays on the Lakers. Um, at this point, right now, what would your what would your hope be for his third year progression? Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. Okay. So if we if we kept him, then we're assuming that you know we see the most we see the best fit, and we see the most potential with this kid. Um. Next year, I would say we'd have. I'd have to see twenty-two plus. That's crazy. Like, go, like just thinking about like a year ago, I would have never. <laughs> I would have never like pictured that one day, Kuzma would be like that type of player. Twenty-two plus is significant in my mind. Yeah, I I think that makes you a. That makes you a borderline. I mean, that's like Paul George. That's territory. Border, borderline all star. I think if not, he's already. If if he's not already, I a think twenty two a game is. I think twenty two a game is absolutely in the all star uh, realm, for sure. It's pretty damn hard to become an all star in the Western Conference right now. But, yeah, but yeah, well, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I'm saying that more in like he's in that that tier. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I think nineteen is almost nineteen twenty is almost borderline all star. You know what I mean? Nineteen twenty. Okay. Um. But yeah, I would say if you can do 22 plus or something, then yeah. I want to see how many people, I want to see like the type of player that's averaging 22 game right now. You know, there's not them like Westbrook. Yeah. Uh, Clay Thompson, Donovan Mitchell, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, Zach Levine. So he would be like at that level. Yeah, I, I, I stand by that. If he's 20, I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good enough number because I just feel like with what he contributes on the on the uh, other facets of his game, he has to really come on with the offense. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I don't, I don't see him developing into a one block, one steal a game kind of player. If he doesn't, holy shit. 20 points a game with one block, one steal. Okay, uh, a oh, similar no. player that I feel like has, uh, um, <clears throat> has like the game, the contributing style, like calculus, like somebody like CJ McCollum. Um, sure. He's averaging 21 a game right now. Uh, yeah. He's a much better he, shooter, though. He, he score, he's a scorer yeah. and not much of anything else is basically yeah. what I'm saying. Um, so right now, let, let's uh, he's he's 27 years old, okay? But let, let's let say Kuzma and CJ McCollum were the same age. You would take Kuzma over CJ McCollum, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, okay. for sure. So yeah, because McCollum's like a borderline all-star. Has he made an all-star before? Yeah, I think McCollum is a borderline all-star. Oh, he's never been an all-star. But yeah, he's he is like a borderline all-star. For sure. Um, he's, a player. Good, he's a good definition of what a borderline all-star player is. So yeah, I, I mean... Then Kuzma's kind of he's on the border of being a borderline all star right now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, twenty two a game next season. That I guess that's pretty realistic, and you can almost expect that. Well, not you know? I mean, if we get Anthony Davis on the team. Then yeah, then his numbers, um, you know, <laughs> are not gonna. It's not gonna take. The, it's not gonna be on the same progression as it yeah. is now. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, but I think it's pretty safe to say, even right now, that Kuzma would be. And we talked about you know ones, twos, and threes. Right now, he's like a really. He's like a good three. Third know. option, yeah, maybe. Um. Yeah. So pairing that with you know LeBron and another star player, I would think you're pretty. Uh, uh, that makes you a contender, right there. I, I would. I'd be pretty worried if he was our number three. Would you? Would you? You wouldn't be even if Anthony Davis was. Oh. If it was LeBron and Anthony Davis. Yeah. No. I mean, I'd feel good. Yeah, I'd feel good. I'm. I don't know. I'm saying if I didn't know who my our number two was, and I just knew that we had LeBron. I don't know who number two is, and then number three was Kyle Kuzma. I'd yeah. be worried. But if it was any, but if it was LeBron and any any of these three players in Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, or Kawhi Leonard, then you would feel good, right? Uh, With Kyle Kuzma being the third. Sure. The third on the pecking order. Sure. On that roster. Yeah. I'm what, still of the mind that we need all, all we need all. Two. I know. I know that's how you feel. <laughs> I, I, and, and, you know, I am not, you, uh, you would agree that the Lakers front office feel the same way, right? The Lakers have always tried to go for the big fish. So, yeah. No, but I'm saying not only big fish, though. They're, they're of the mind. We got to get both, both of these guys. Um, I don't think they're just trying to get Kevin Durant or, yeah, and we're good. I think they're trying to get, they are fully, full. Anthony full Davis for sure. Yeah. yeah. And Kevin Durant. I don't think they're just thinking, we just, want, we just need one of the two. You, you think that's what they're thinking? I, I don't know that their clear strategy is like try to get both of them. But really? I, I don't think, know. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I think uh, because why else are you holding on to these assets then, I feel like? Uh, maybe they can just take one of those guys and keep like two of the three hmm. young players. Yeah. And maybe they, maybe they think that that's enough to be 
a legit contender. Maybe. So, I, I don't really know. Who the hell knows what Magic Johnson is thinking <laughs> as, a, as a front office executive? I'll tell you what he's doing. He's smiling right now. He's smiling. You know, he's <laughs> tweeting about <clears throat> Happy Martin Luther King Day, yeah. which is, you know, very politician-like um, yeah. for Magic Johnson. But we'll see. We'll see, you know, back to back to the whole thing about fit. We'll, we'll see, you know, amongst these, like, young players, like, what the who's gonna fit with them the best? Who's gonna fit with LeBron the best in the playoffs? Um, that's given the Lakers do make the playoffs. I mean, I, as of right now, like I think it's kind of crazy. I that think they're in the eighth spot right now. Yeah. Um, and actually, the Lakers are getting spanked. So what? What? Oh, they're in the ninth spot right now. Actually, as it stands, what's the score right now with the Warriors game? Uh, 89 so, to 63. <laughs> yeah, so the makers. I mean, this is why I've stopped gambling a long time ago. But, um, yeah, they are more than covering that spread. Well, the fact that the, fact that, uh, the Lakers <clears throat> got at least one win out of these last three games, I think, is a, is a victory yeah. in, in and of itself. And Clay it, Thompson, by the way, 15 of 17. Eight of eight from three. So what's his point total right 38. now? Thirty-eight. He's probably he probably took like two dribbles and got thirty-eight <laughs> points. Yeah, it's good for him. Um, I mean, it could have been a really good uh, three-game slate had they won that game in Houston. I know. Then all of this would be gravy, you know. Yeah. But uh, didn't happen. Uh, let's not overreact to one game, good or bad. Um, I know, I know you guys are so ready to just tell us like how Alonzo is going to be the greatest point guard <laughs> in Lakers history after a good performance, which I like the optimism, but, um, let's chill a little bit on that. Um, and on the flip side, you know, when, when you take a bad beat, like the, like the Houston game, it's, it's not, it's not time to like shit talk everyone who did bad. I mean, you know the the air ball by KCP was really bad. It was a bad, it was a bad look for him. You know, yeah. But people are people. Uh, you he's know, he's an easy scapegoat though. Yeah, he's an easy scapegoat. I mean, I, and he's I, not going to be with the team. Yeah, he's, he's not. not gonna be he's with not the part team. of our. I actually think that he's th- he's kind of started to play better as of late. You think? Well, yeah. Uh, no, I definitely apart, apart from that air ball for sure. But it's never whenever when he's playing poorly, we're like. He's not part of our plans anyways. When he's playing well, we're like, can we trade him? <laughs> I think that's... <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. <clears throat> it's never like he's part of our long-term plans, so... Yeah, nobody... I don't think I don't think anybody is, like, really wanting to re-sign him after this year anyway. Let's just say Zubots has more long-term, uh, you know, long-term, like, outlook with the Lakers than KCP. Yeah. Speaking of Zubats, what what is his line so far in this uh, Warriors four game? Four for four. Okay. Eight points. How many rebounds? Two rebounds. Okay. One block. But, you know, <clears throat> the the resurrection of Ivica Zubats is still, the big is still happening. The big phoenix, as we like to call him. He's, he's rising from the ashes as we speak. Yeah. Uh, and maybe, just maybe... He can be a player in this league. For sure. We'll he's, see. Yeah, he's been tearing it up, actually. Some people are calling... Some people on uh, in the sports media are calling for him to 
be a starter right now <laughs> for is, the Lakers. Is, is that what Robert is uh, Richard Sherman saying? <laughs> no, not him. Um, I don't know. I forget who it was. But, I mean, the argument is that right now with uh, without LeBron and without Lonzo and being that Zubats is the uh, the best offensive center mm-hmm. on the team, mm-hmm. which is true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people are saying that he should uh, be starting right now to make I, up for, like, you know, LeBron and Lonzo. I just not wish Zubats could shoot threes. That would be amazing. I mean, forget about Anthony Davis. If, <laughs> <laughs> if Zubats was able to shoot three. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, so... Basically, let's not freak out about any one game. You gotta take it. You gotta take it in as a whole and see, you know, see the trend, the long term trend of what's going on. So, but we would definitely freak out if uh, the Lakers miss the playoffs, and that's starting to seem like a real possibility. Yeah, it's a real possibility. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily freak out. Would you? Would you consider? Uh, not making the playoffs, I guess it would be like a a pretty epic fail, right? I I'd imagine it would not sit well with LeBron if we missed the playoffs. Because when has when is the last time he's missed the playoffs? Uh, Maybe like his first year in the league. I don't want to say. I don't know, man. Like I think every other I think every other year he's been yeah. in the league, he's at least made the playoffs. I mean, uh, the his streak of what eight straight finals is going to come to an end yeah. this year most likely yeah so going from eight straight finals to missing the playoffs that would be uh pretty catastrophic that'd be a pretty tough pill to swallow for him um yeah so he basically has never missed the playoffs except for his rookie season i mean uh, if mistake or correct me if i'm mistaken but um i think he took the the cast to the finals his second year no that was his third or first. That was like his third or fourth year oh, okay. in the league. Something crazy like that. Yeah. Um, I could tell you in a couple seconds here. Yeah, he did that in his fourth year as oh, a twenty two okay. year old. Yeah, that's just, I mean, um, that's crazy. But I mean, you know, LeBron is LeBron. Yeah. So Okay. I think um I think we've we've exhausted this episode. I was I was thinking that we were going to go into this uh, podcast not talking about Lonzo, but, you know. I mean, it's a tall order for us. Oh, you know, before we go, um, we just got to say, give a shout out to the LA Rams. They're going to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, Yeah, yeah. You watch the games? Uh, No, I just watched the highlights. I mean, two, both conference championship games went to overtime. And now we're setting up yet another Los Angeles Boston championship. Oh my god, man! I was I was very I had very little uh, investment emotionally yeah, in, in, in the NFL this year. But now that I know that it's LA <laughs> versus Boston, it, you know it's it's ramped up to a hundred. Oh now. god, dude. and now cannot the, lose to these. Guys, I am turning man. into the biggest Rams fan yeah. now. You cannot lose to these fuckers, man. Com- com- coming off the heels of. The Red Sox beating the Dodgers yeah, too, yeah, and then you know obviously the Lakers and Celtics, and so now we have the Rams against the Patriots, which um, what the Golden State Warriors of the NFL? I mean, in terms oh, of like man, hatred, you know, uh, 
I wouldn't have cared if Tom Brady won another ring this year. I know people hate him because he wins so much. I wouldn't have cared if he won if it was the um, the Saints in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, me like, too. Me too. Brady's come. He's he's reached a level now where it's almost like. Well, going back to what you said about being unimpeachable. Yeah, yeah. It's, he is like personifies that in, in exactly. football. Yeah. I mean, the dude has made more Super Bowl appearances than any other football franchise. Yeah. He himself. I think he's gone to seven, and this is going to be his eighth Super Bowl appearance. I think it's nine, actually. Nine? Yeah. Wait. Because he has five, right? Yeah, I think this he is has five be a wins. Ninth. And he's lost three, I think. Oh, he's lost three. You're yeah. right. Yeah. That's Wait, fucking insane. Is it five or does he have four? Well, we can, I Let's we can see. He, okay, he beat, he beat the Rams. He beat the Eagles once. Panthers. Uh, That's Falcons. impressive that you can remember. <laughs> Brady and Belichick have been in nine Super Bowls. Five and three. Or I mean, are going to be nine? They're five and three heading into Super Bowl. Uh, this upcoming yeah. Super Bowl. I mean, that's that's nuts. That is nuts. Uh, you know, and we talk about it all the time. Like football is like, there's so much goddamn luck involved. Yeah. I mean, look at that pass interference call that was yeah. not called. Yeah. And but th- I mean, these these this is a total outlier type of situation. But here. I mean, going this many times, there's that's that's proof in the pudding right there. Yeah. You know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he's. He's a he's a he's a the legitimate all-time, all-time yeah. greatest the goat quarterback. Yeah, he's he is a legitimate. Know. Yeah, he has an unimpeachable resume. It's just kind of like nine Super Bowls is so crazy. Um, but you know, on 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 the flip side, the the Rams have Sean McVay, who is like he's baby if, Belichick. If, if we man. can if the Lakers can find like the basketball version of Sean McVay. Oh man. We would be in good hands. I mean, I don't, I don't. I mean, I, I like. I think Luke is okay. I just don't. I don't see Sean McVay so quality in Luke. If, yeah, if you're no, that's impossible. If you're listening right now, um, and you don't know yet, but Sean McVay is a complete football. Um, like, he has photographic memory when it comes. Yeah, to football. he's a football savant. Yeah. So, like, look up a clip where they ask him like to recall certain plays and we're talking about like years ago of like certain plays in certain games and we're it's like regular season games we're not talking about like crucial playoff games just and he'll recall like just off the top of his head what the play was and like what the re- result was he remembers plays when he was like the offensive coordinator yeah. for the Redskins yeah you know um it's insanity so which and like you were saying that's why they the the Arizona Cardinals hired Kingsbury, right? Yeah, they're, were, they're, I mean the NFL is a copycat league, so yeah. when when which they see somebody me, like which to me is hilarious like, because young they're white like, guy, okay, yeah. let's let's bring him in. No, but you know, um, oh my god, King, Kingsbury is actually uh, you know in college like he runs the um, he runs the uh, uh, the air raid. Well, he offense, was a, wasn't he you know? the the coach that um, that Mahomes was like playing for right yeah yeah Yeah. so but i mean come on like i don't know i i I don't know much baker mayfield also um coached he also coached baker mayfield oh actually he benched baker mayfield yeah i was gonna say but i don't think they have a good relationship no no no. that's why Um, he transferred but yeah yeah 
Um, I mean, I don't know enough about college football to really say anything, but I just find it hilarious because young blonde white man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, good looking, good looking dude too. Like, you know, young, good looking white dude who's like, yeah. They just the only commonality is that they were both coaches. Cause like, dude, okay, you're gonna say they're similar. Let's ask the same questions to Kingsbury of like asking him to recall certain <laughs> plays. There's no way in fucking hell he can do that, you know. And there's only one Sean McVay. So back to Sean McVay. I mean, I'm I'm not a Rams fan, but. If I was, I'd be just extremely confident. I would be feeling really good about like the next decade. Oh yeah. yeah, I I have I would have the same confidence that I have in the Dodgers because uh, Andrew Friedman is he's just a guru. He like I have full confidence that he'll bring a a championship to the to L.A. for the Dodgers. So um, do you, do you think there is an NBA equivalent to Sean McVay? Like, would Brad Stevens be maybe like the closest thing? To yeah, like a young maybe. savant coach. Maybe. Um, yeah. NBA's a whole other... It's kind of a different breed almost. I feel like it's it's kind of... It's kind of harder to because say. Because don't you... Th- do you think that coaching is like pretty underrated in in the NBA? Yeah, it is. I, I think so. So, you know, um, I don't know what's going to happen with Luke. I think um, it's still up in the air whether or not he is rightfully the coach of the future um but if he's not then they gotta they gotta search for they gotta search for their sean McVay type coach uh to be the coach of the lakers so it's uh, so crucial i think so too yeah yeah and um that's why the uh that's why the celtics are in good hands because they got a young coaching um not prospect because he's kind of established now, but um, yeah, and that's why the Rams are in the Super Bowl, and that's why Belichick has taken the Patriots to nine Super Bowls himself. So, um, people are pretty high on um, Dave Yeager, the the yeah. coach of the Kings. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how like how old he is or anything, but they're you know they're yeah. pointing at um the improve the improved. You know, uh, and you Sacramento got, Kings. You got to give some credit to Vladi Divas, actually. Yeah, you know, the people are... That is true. I mean, he... The Buddy Heel trade, looks yeah, like it I mean, paid that, off. That did Obviously, pay off. drafting De'Aaron Fox. Um, I don't know how they got Bogdanovich, but he's looking like a good player. He's tearing it up. Um, Willie Cauley-Stein is coming around, yeah. so... For sure. Yeah, I mean, he, he, you know, it was a rough start for Vladi as GM. I think he got roasted pretty hard. And he's an easy um, target, you know. Yeah, but he is an easy target. Um, I think he's proven that he's, yeah, he's proven it that, like, that's the thing about the NBA. Like, a lot of times, you don't know if something's a good move till like, like way later. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's it's. I think it's interesting. Um, some of them are obvious. Some so. of them are very obvious. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, like I'm, you know, we 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 have a lot of common themes on our podcast. We always talk about Lonzo, and but we all, I always bring up D'Angelo. Yeah, you do. <laughs> but you're, I bringing, say, you're bringing him up again. Yeah, I was gonna say though that trade, that trade, man, D'Angelo, uh, trading away D'Angelo. Um, 
I wonder how that's gonna I wonder how that's gonna play out in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I, I will uh try not to be such a hater these days. <laughs> well you so can be I a hater because he's I not will. a he's not a Laker anymore. <laughs> I, I mean in general. I just but, don't uh, want to be a hater, but I will bite my tongue. That dude tongue, has been you know? tearing it up. I mean Okay. He has been tearing it up, dude. And you, you, you would have to agree that he. Actually, you don't agree though. You don't think he's he would be a better fit than Lonzo, then, right? Because you know, I've I've been very vocal about the fact that he he would absolutely be a hundred percent better fit with the Lakers if we had him over Lonzo. Overall, you're saying overall. Yeah, overall. <clears throat> Excuse me, um, overall. I mean, I, I also want to take into consideration, you know, how he's viewed by his teammates. <laughs> I mean, Lonzo is universal. You know, everyone loves playing yeah, with Lonzo. Like Lonzo. Does everyone love being D'Angelo Russell's teammate? I mean, in, I in Brooklyn they are. I think it's proven that he's had some issues. Yeah, he's had some past. issues. I personally think that's become a little, like, it's a little overblown now. Like, people don't talk about that anymore, but... It, it is a valid I thing. I wonder if the players still talk about it, though. Maybe. I'd be curious to know that if it, if it is, yeah. Um, I'm looking at D'Angelo Russell's per 36 minutes, and yeah, there's some improvement there, you know, from last year. Dude, the guy... Every, okay, so today, or the last game, he dropped 40 points, eight threes. I think in the next game tonight, he dropped 30-something and seven threes. That's... That's a good week for Lonzo Ball. <laughs> I mean, if you're just taking in points, yeah, yeah, points and threes. Um, zero turnovers. See, this is assists. another I opinion mean, that I think you'll find a lot of opposition from Laker fans. What what you're saying is that D'Angelo is a better fit than Lonzo. I think actually, uh, there's a huge uh, contingency of fans actually that that love and still love D'Angelo Russell. People like, are still they're still bummed out yeah, that he they're was still traded. bummed out that he was traded. I mean, you're I would almost put you in that in that. Yeah, I mean, too. you remember when that trade happened? I was fucking livid. Well, I, and, and I didn't care. Yeah, you didn't <laughs> care because yeah, but I was fucking livid about that because I mean, putting aside your feelings about D'Angelo, he's a number two pick and he was basically a salary dump. But he's a salary dump to acquire if if. If the dust settles and we end up with Kevin Durant, then whatever, right? Then you're gonna. Yeah, be fine I mean, with I guess it, it right? indirectly contributes to that, but you know, yeah, I don't know. I think. I mean, this is to your point. I think time will tell, like, yeah. how these moves play out. Yeah. So know? I'm just saying, I think it'll be an interesting thing to keep track of because that's exactly what we talk about. It's, I like Julius Randle. He's averaging twenty and and nine or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not bummed out about that. Because mm-hmm. he's just, he's an undersized forward. Yeah. You know, like I'm not, he, he, I don't know, he's like a perfect, like empty calories type of player. Like it's cool and all, but he's not a guy that really moves the needle. D'Angelo Russell, though, on the other hand, as a from point guard and his skill set, I would be pretty bummed if he turns out to be pretty fucking good and then Lonzo, like, being really bad still. And not living up to like I don't know sixty percent or seventy five percent of his of his potential, you know what I mean? I mean, here's a here's a case. Here's another case of here's a kid. If we're if we're like make doing the analogy of like the little boy, like his problems are well 
understandable. <laughs> yeah, it's total immaturity issues. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and that, I think that might influence like your oh, absolutely. thoughts towards Yeah. Like, and if you recall too, like he did not get a fair shake. Like uh Byron Scott, holy shit, how did we even hire that guy? Um it was, a la- it was a lazy hire. Such a lazy fucking hire. For a hire. front office that ended up being very lazy towards the end. Yeah. So. Um, but that he, he that hire did no favors for D'Angelo Russell. Um, and also, you know, one of the reasons, absolutely one of the reasons why we traded D'Angelo was because, guess, okay, Byron Scott hated D'Angelo's ass, right? Guess who's like best friends with Byron Scott? Like BFF. None other than our Laker VVP Magic Johnson, man. They fucking work out every morning still to this day. They hang out and they like work out and shit. So um, that was absolutely... And Magic Johnson, like, you know, he could have taken the high road when they traded D'Angelo. He threw some some big ass shade. Yeah, what did he say? What did he say about him again? He oh. said, um, you know, uh, D'Angelo is a talented player. Uh, we wish him the best of luck, but we needed what we needed was a leader. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, even if you believe that, and I don't think anyone was thinking that was controversial, but it's like, damn, bro. Like, you know, that I, that's just, again. Yeah. You know, I, I talk a lot of shit on D'Angelo Russell, yeah. um, but he is like, he's younger than Kuzma, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's younger than Josh Hart, so I, am I ready to say he's a future All Star? No, I, I'm not there yet. Uh, you might be there, others might be there. Uh, I'm just not there yet with yeah. him. Um, yeah, but like I, it, I mean, you know. so we'll just have to see. I just think that's a, a yeah, that's an interesting because I've always been a fan of his skill set. Like he, his skill set is very tailor made for this for this uh, current league. So. Um, but you know, hoping that Bonzo Ball can prove prove us wrong and and be the yeah, just be the one. You know, the the next time he steps up to the line and nails both of his free throws, I think you know it'll be cause for a celebration. <laughs> um, there should you know if he had a drinking game for Lonzo Ball every time he made a free throw, you'd be very sober. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd have to be like five shots for every free throw. That's if you if you don't want to get drunk, <laughs> then do that drinking game basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we've said it all for this episode, so <clears throat> we'll end it on that note. Um, unless you have anything to say, no, I think um, go Lakers, go Rams. Please beat the Patriots. Please beat Boston. And uh, with that said, we will say goodbye for now, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Thank you for tuning into 81 Points. We are a Los Angeles Lakers podcast hosted by me, Chris Lim, and my longtime friend and co-host, Chris Lee. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave a rating or comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can get more episodes of 81 Points on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.